Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <clears throat> okay, here we go. They say great things come in threes. Great stuff. The great days we're living, bro. That's just <laughs> Unfortunately, not in this case. What is this? But maybe someday it will be. Can you believe that? Okay, world, hold on to your collective. It's time for the Bam Slam podcast. With Ben Fletcher, Allison Ratzlaff, and Mike Costa. Bam Slam Podcast Special Edition. Didn't think we were going to do one today because Allie's out of town doing some special stuff. Costa's with Tof doing some special stuff. And I, I, I have no life, so I'm able to do it. But I emergency called Allie because the Padres threw a freaking no-hitter last night. Unbelievable. It's so... I just feel like I have no voice today. It was so amazing. I just so excited about it. So what what was your deal last night? Because you weren't watching the game until what inning? Uh, the end of the eighth. I mean, it was really late. And you know me, I don't, I do not miss many Padres games. Um, but I was driving north on the 101, and my up in um, Calabasas area, and my phone started exploding, and I was like, what is happening? And and I didn't have it on, you know, because I wasn't in the area to have it on. I should have had the MLB app on, I guess. But anyway, so I quickly got somewhere where I could watch. And, um, I mean, I, I cried. I, I think I cried until I fell asleep last night. I just, it was it was just so exciting. There's well, you so were not angles. alone. A lot of San Diegans yeah. cried last night until they went to sleep, including uh, Mark Grant. The dude was I crying know. on the broadcast. Oh my God, his emotions were so sweet. And just hearing those guys call it, and then I listened to, to Jesse Agler's call too, and just hearing all those guys, I mean, we're so lucky when we have, you know, only one sports team in San Diego, professional sports team, and to have the quality broadcasters that we do um, for the Padres. And, and it just, it was very exciting. And um, and I was a little sad, you know, Ted Leitner didn't get to, to call it after all these years, but it was exciting to hear the guys we have, and I loved it. Yeah, and the UT did a fantastic job this morning. I just picked up a couple of copies of today's edition. I'll read you the two headlines, see which one you like better, because they had two options. The first one okay. is yes, comma, a no-no, with a big picture of Joe. And then the other one is say it so, Joe. Which one do you like better? Oh, I think I like yes, a no, no. I think I like that. But the other one with his name in it is cool too. I mean, it's just so amazing. You know, one thing that in our last podcast we talked about how we felt the team was a little down because of uh, Tatis's injury and how you know we were worried about the effect that was going to have on the team and were they going to be able to kind of pick themselves up and realize that you know obviously they know that they're good but they did seem a little flat and a little down and I hope this gave them I can't imagine it didn't but the spark that they needed it just it really should propel them forward now I I, I would think yeah, and we, I also have to say Kim as well oh my what god what a stud the way he stepped up right especially the last play that. but he made a few really nice plays throughout the game but that he last sure one, did. I mean, he's going to go down in history as part of one of the Padres' greatest plays of all time. And is that yeah. is that the moment last night? Is that one of the best Padres moments of all time? Oh, I think 
you mean the no hitter? I think uh, I think it's probably one of the top sports moments in San Diego history, if not the top in any sport. I mean, what did the Chargers ever do? I, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I know they won some playoff games, but they got to a Super Bowl. But my, I, I don't remember a bigger sports moment in San Diego. I really don't. And I think, I think this is it. We've been waiting for it for over 8,000 games for, you know, <laughs> they've been around since before I was born. I mean, it's just, you know, very, very top moment for sure. Let's talk about Victor Caratini because – I think as of a week ago, when Austin Nola came back, Austin Nola was still going to be the starter of the team. Even though Caratini's been hitting excellent, he's really been, beside Hosmer and Myers, he's been their best offensive weapon so far this season. But now Nola comes back. I think Caratini is still your starter, and Nola is the platoon guy. Do you agree? Oh, 100% agree. Caratini's a stud. I love his nickname, The Scientist, because you could see, I watched back a lot of it last night, and you could see him keeping Joe Musgrove dialed in. I mean, he was as much a part of that as Joe was. He, his ability to keep his pitcher calm, keep him focused. He, he obviously knew the batters that were coming up and how to, how to attack that, um, which pitches were going to be the right pitches to trust the defense. I mean, that guy, what a stud. And do you know that he's the first catcher to do back-to-back no hitters? He did one last season for the Cubs. So we could have a real, that was a real pickup. And I, I saw something on Twitter that made me laugh. I was like, do you think you Darvish is jealous that somebody else is oh, yeah. his catcher? <laughs> I, I don't think so. Just because that was so special for everybody on the bench too. Yeah, but for did, sure. I don't know if you could see it, but there was a moment last night on the broadcast where Blake Snell and uh, Adrian Morahone, both their legs were over the railing in the dugout. And it was later in the game, and Morahone like got off to high five someone coming in the dugout, and Blake Snell <laughs> grabbed him and ripped him back and said, "You're not fucking moving. You're staying right here." And it was just so cool to see how that entire dugout was in. No one was talking to Joe because Joe was off to the side. Oh my gosh, no, they were not talking to him. I saw him uh, after the eighth, and he was he had, you know was wiping his face off with a towel and stuff, and you could see all the guys in front of him, and they were not even turning around. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody could even look at him. You know what else I really liked? The only, well, there's a couple angles to this. The only thing I think that obviously would have made this moment better would have been if it had been in San Diego Um, or a perfect game. I mean, he just hit a a batter. That was the only thing that made it not a perfect game. He didn't walk anybody. Um, But to have had it happen in San Diego would have been cool. But if it had to happen somewhere else, I'm glad it was at the Texas Rangers with all the, the um you know kind of animosity they had toward Tatis last season and to, and all the um the things with with Kingler coming from there I mean there's a lot of angles to that and I thought the Rangers fans I posted this on Twitter because I really thought they were classy and I mean they roared they roared at the end yeah when, there was there was a lot of brown over. and gold there too i think there, there were was. a lot of padre fans who made the trip out for the weekend hoping to get the whole series and maybe more capacity ballpark less restrictions on bars and stuff i think people were kind of craving that so they thought that this would be a good time to go little did they know very first night there would be history that yeah. was such a cool moment i even got kendall to sit on the couch and watch the last little bit of that Aww, game kendall, and that girl job, do girl. not watch sports I'm proud of her. <laughs> but it, she was just, I think everyone kind of had that same guttural reaction when the entire team was running out to mob Joe and 
uh, that was a happy ball team. And I think you're absolutely right. I think this does infuse a little bit of energy. And I think that the Texas Rangers should be on the Padres schedule more often. Because yeah, last year they were that. they were 11 and 12 when they went to Texas and Tatis hit that home run. And yeah. I don't know what they finished the season. I think it was nine or 10 games over 500. So if you yeah. in a 60 game season, you start 11 and 12, that really sparked the team last year. Maybe it does the same thing this year. Yeah. And I know the Rangers are definitely in rebuild mode, but you know, they're, they're not expected to do huge things this year, but I'm just happy it happened. I'm happy that we couldn't be here, that it was there. And, you know, I, I think that this, we all have to in San Diego have to really realize and think about the fact that things have changed. This, we are different now. This not just because of this no hitter from, from the minute, you know, AJ Preller was making all these moves with, you know, obtaining pictures that we really needed and, and, and it's, who knew a catcher that we evidently really needed and just all the pieces, things have changed. The Padres are not the Padres, you know, of the past. So I think we shall be super excited about that. Super excited. And when you think about AJ Preller, the last two, well, I guess offensive deals that he's made have come with kind of throw-ins and that's Jake Cronenworth and Victor Caratini. I don't yeah. know that there's two more important people on this ball club right now. Those guys 100%. have been carrying them offensively. Cronenworth made a great play at second last night to keep the no-hitter alive. It's yeah. just oh, these yeah, little sure throw-ins did. that you don't even know that are going to be a big part of the deal end up being huge. That's when you get special teams because I don't, I don't want to go back to this, but the Giants did this so well in their little run for three World Series uh-huh. in five years where they would make these deals, bring in a big name, and then you would get someone on the side who ends up making all the difference in the world. Cody Ross was that guy for them one year. Ended up having one of the most insane playoffs ever. So there's yeah. something special happening here, and when you can be scrappy like this Padres team can, especially yeah. once you get to the later months in the season, like as soon as playoffs hit, anything can happen, especially yeah. in baseball. Yeah, I agree, and I think we've got something really special, and Man, last night was fun. Wow, I'm so happy for the city of San Diego. And you know, I'm sure Dodger fans are making fun of us, and I don't care. Oh, they can you know. eat it. Well, Trevor Bauer doesn't have a no hitter, so and Trevor Bauer's a cheater. <laughs> anyway, I don't even care. I don't want to make it about the Dodgers or anything else. And I also I have to give a shout out to the Padres social media team. I thought they killed it last night. Super proud of them. I know some of those people, and so I'm very pumped about that and um it was fun to see the excitement i I just i'm thrilled and i'll have a little special guest for you later on this morning okay yeah i was gonna say the reason this is such a special episode is because there's no costa and costa his twitter needs to go away because he was tweeting about joe musgrove and no hitters like in the i know he was i saw god i tweeted at him i was like costa in capital letters like what are you doing dude you know the most trouble costa ever got in at work was when he tweeted out a spoiler to the avengers And our bosses got so mad. But anyways, uh, Danny Vietti, who with CBS Sports is a San Diego kid, tries to hide himself in terms of journalistic integrity, but he's a San Diego fan. I love Danny. He's going to join me right when I hang up with you. And then Chris Myers, excellent broadcaster at Fox, calls some Cubs games. He's also going to join us. National Fox broadcaster, and he knows uh, he's done a lot with the Cubs, so He's got a Victor Caratini connection there, and um, Chris is going to come on. I can't wait. All right. Do you you trust me not to screw these interviews up? 
I trust. Of course. Okay. Are you kidding me? Cool. As long as um, Allie has faith. Well, <laughs> will you? Um, yeah. So we need to be tweeting all this out so everybody knows who we oh, have on. So it'll get tweeted out like crazy. everybody. When you hear this great podcast today that Ben's leading, make sure you all tweet it out and retweet it and spread the word. This is the Joe Musgrove special Bam Slam episode number 13, 12.5, whatever. Bam Slam fam, we love you! Love you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. You still around? Wow. That's impressive. What do you mean? Let's get back to the Bam Slam. Once again, here's Ben, Allie, and Mike. The special Joe Musgrove edition of the Bam Slam podcast continues. Danny Vietti, CBS Sports, the Wake and Rake podcast with Will Middlebrooks. He joins us now. How much of a San Diego fan are you actually, Danny? <laughs> Man, you're putting me in a tight spot. I know. Right? Well, it's, it's, it's only, off to a hot start, o- baby. Only San Diegans listen to this podcast. It's okay. <laughs> Look, I grew up a San Francisco Giants fan, full disclosure. With that said, I went to school down in San Diego. I was surrounded by those fans, surrounded by your, those people down there in the in the six one nine. I have a lot of love for that city and for that team. I'm not gonna lie. All right, and how much of last night's game did you get to watch? It's funny. I was just telling Ben here. I was I'm in the midst of moving my parents. They just bought a, a house, and I got a text from Will Middlebrooks, and he's like, "You might want to turn on the Padre game. It's about the fifth sixth inning." I turned it on. I was like, "Holy shit! Something's happening right now." Yeah, it was pretty special. I think a lot of people had that same reaction. I just kind of had it on in the background of my house, and I was cooking dinner, doing stuff, and all of a sudden, around the fifth inning, I saw the graphic pop up on Valley Sports, and it said, no hits. And I was like, oh, oh, something's happening. Kendall, shut up. Give me some beers, and we're going to watch the rest of this game. (laughs) And it was just so cool to see Twitter kind of explode, to see everything explode. But Joe Musgrove being the San Diego kid, how special is that? That's the great thing about baseball, honestly. And I don't want to sound cliche and, and super savvy here, but what a story for Joe, right? I mean, I saw a picture of him yesterday, and I threw this up on social, of him wearing a Padres jersey as like an 8-year-old or 7-year-old when he was playing for the San Diego uh, Little Leagues or, or the local leagues down there. And then he goes on to pitch their, his high school ball. He grows up in El Cajon. And now he's throwing – I mean, this is the American baseball dream, really. And I'm not trying to – overdo this i'm not i'm not over speaking about this that's literally what you grow up to do when you're trying to make yourself a baseball career when you dream of playing in the big leagues you want to play for your hometown team that's what he did and not only is he doing it he's doing it at a high level i mean a no hitter in the big leagues that's history right there it's pretty incredible all right and let's talk a little bit about victor caratini because i think the assumption for most people was when austin nola came back he was going to take over the starting job victor caratini would either go to just you darvish or maybe in a platoon position. I think Caratini's put the Padres in a pretty tough spot now. I mean, I think he was almost leading the teams in RBIs, maybe just behind Hawes. And then now he's caught a no-hitter for Joe Musgrove. Caratini has to be your starter, right? It's tough to say. You know, I, I don't want to go to too many assumptions here because I think Austin Nola is still, still a formidable catcher back there. Uh, he was, you know, he hit the crap out of the ball last year. did a really nice job. I mean, he burst onto the scene ever since moving to that catcher spot. So I, I don't want to just completely take away that spot from Austin Nola, but, I mean, Caratini's doing an awesome job. And the pitching staff, you can already tell, they really respond to him. I mean, he has a lot of experience behind there. I mean, he's caught the last two no-hitters in Major League Baseball now, which is kind of a crazy stat. Um, so I don't want to give it to Caratini yet, but, I mean, he's doing it with the bat. 
and obviously the pitching staff, the pitching staff, excuse me, is doing a nice job with them as well. So this pitching staff right now, that's still without Lamette. But once you get around October, it's likely that you're going to have four starters being Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Lamette, question mark, either Paddock, Morhone, whoever really plays the best this year. Is this the best pitching staff in baseball right now? Not quite. Not quite. If they had a healthy Mike Clevenger, if they had a, uh, excuse me, a healthy Denelson Lamed, I would be right on board on that bandwagon. That said, you got to look up north a little bit, and this is going to piss off a lot of Padre fans, but you got to look up north to L.A., Julio Arias, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, Walker Buehler. They're a little bit more permanent right now than San Diego just because of the injury concerns. Now, talk to me in 2022 when Clevenger's back. I mean, you already, uh, excuse me, uh, Blake Snell already talked about it. He's already looking to 2022 and saying, man, this rotation is going to be scary good. So talk to me in 2022, and I might be jumping on that bandwagon a little bit more. All right. And then, Danny, I don't think I've talked to you since Tatis got injured. So this injury really seemed to suck the life out of the team when it happened, and then they went on a little skid. But then last night happened, and the energy sort of got repumped into the team but the Tatis thing I'm kind of of the mindset that they should just have the surgery already like it should be done put him on the bench till next year and then you have the full healthy pitching staff you have Tatis back and you could really make your biggest run then and this team is fine getting to the playoffs this year without him I think uh where are you on Tatis should he have already gotten the surgery so I let me start off by saying this I'm not a doctor I'm not a medical in the medical profession in any way with that being said we had a conversation with Dr. Jesse Morris. He's in medical medicine. He's dealt with, he, he's worked with athletes his entire career. I mentioned already Will Middlebrooks, who's my co-host on the podcast. He worked with Will through Will's broken leg. I mean, he's very, very experienced in this field. And Dr. Jesse Morris told us he needs surgery. And he hasn't worked with Fernando. He doesn't know Fernando's body. So keep that in mind. But in his professional medical opinion, Fernando with a torn labrum, it's not going to heal itself. It needs surgery, whether it's now or later. It's and If you delay it now, you're delaying the inevitable. So he's going to either need to get surgery right away or he's going to need to get surgery two years down the road, three years down the road. It's going to have to happen. And for me, just personally looking at Fernando's career, from the outside in, you're going into a 14-year contract. You're 22 years old. Do you really want to ask your star shortstop to be playing and try to lead that team to the promised land at 70 60%. You're already asking a lot of a 22-year-old kid. Now you're going to ask him to do it not at full strength. It's a lot to ask for. And is this team still a playoff team without him? I do think they're a playoff team. They're, they're going to be competitive. But that being said, I've really been looking to the National League East to be really competitive for those two wildcard spots. I think one through five between, I mean, the Phillies have caught fire already earlier this season. And the Marlins, nobody's looking at the Marlins and saying they're going to be competitive, but they have one of the best rotations best young rotations in baseball. So it's going to be tough. I don't think their biggest competition is going to come from either the Central or the West. But you look at that NL East division, it's going to be very, very competitive. So I think they definitely have a chance to make the playoffs without FTGA, a testament to what A.J. Preller did this offseason. But that said, it's going to be a lot tougher without him. It goes without saying. And really, I was a little surprised by how good the Giants looked in their series against the Padres. Do the Giants have more, or do the Padres have more to worry about in the NL West than just the Dodgers? It's always a competitive division. I mean, San Francisco, where they are at now, what Farhan Zaidi is, is known to do is he gets competitive players for low budget prices. 
Now, they have not been able to get that star. They were in on the Bryce Harper talks. They were in on the Trevor Bauer talks, reportedly. They weren't able to land either of those two guys. When they do, they're going to be a really good team. But Farhan Zaidi is still going to put competitive players around. So the Giants are going to be competitive. Even Arizona. I mean, they made the playoffs two seasons ago. They were atrocious last year. And then Colorado is kind of a fire sale at this point. But it's a competitive division, just as it always is. The NL West is always slept on, and it's always going to be competitive. All right, so now say Tatis isn't really around long-term for the rest of this season. Say something happens, whether the shoulder pops out again and they decide to go surgery or if they just decide outright to go surgery. Who needs to be the Padre to step up and kind of take over that energy role? Because, yeah, last night was great, and it probably provided a spark, but who consistently, everyday player, needs to step in and be that guy? I think it's best if nobody tries to fill his shoes because, let's be real, nobody can be FTJ. Okay, he's his own person. He's his own personality. Who's going to be the leader? That, that's a question. I think Machado is certainly a guy that's accustomed and, and able to do so. Um, but that being said, he's not the personality of the FTJ. Machado is more of a guy that lets his play do the talking. He might speak up a little bit when he gets pissed off, as we've seen. He can be a fiery guy. With that said, he's not FTJ. He's not the guy that's going to come dancing in the dugout. So I think it's going to be have, have to be a team effort, and Hassan Kim's going to have to step up in that shortstop position. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, well, he looked pretty good last night. That play you he made sure at the did. very end of the game was so impressive. Uh, Danny, thanks so much, man, for making your debut on the Bam Slam pod. I'm glad we got to do it under these circumstances. Yeah, me too. Hey, congrats on this new pod, man. I'm looking forward to listening to more episodes. Yeah, we're sorry Costa wasn't here for today, but we'll get you back on when he's in. Uh, thanks so much. Have a good one, dude. Thanks, guys. You still around? Wow, that's impressive. What do you mean? Let's get back to the Bam Slam. Once again, here's Ben, Allie, and Mike. The special edition of the Bam Slam podcast, the Joe Musgrove edition, continues on. And now we're lucky enough to be joined by one of the biggest voices in sports, Chris Myers of Fox. Chris, how are you doing this morning? Uh, it's good. I'm good, and good to, good to be on with you. I, 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 I'm happy that it, it finally happened. I think as sports fans, we all kind of wonder, which I'm you know, surprised that, of course, with all the great pitchers through the years with San Diego, a guy like Musgrove gets it done. But I, I think if you're, a, it's a feel-good baseball story, especially the fact that he's a hometown guy. And uh, so I, I think no matter who you root for, uh, it was it was a, a happy moment. Well, the script was perfect because if you think about all the different curses of San Diego, I mean, you have Tony Gwynn, who's one of the greatest baseball players of all time, never wins a World Series. San Diego State basketball last year had one of the best teams in the country. The tournament gets canceled. The Chargers left. <laughs> That's its own thing. And then the Padres have never had a uh, no-hitter, and it took a San Diego kid to get it done. How special was it that it was a San Diego kid? Well, I, I think that's what, what made it special, and, and you could – feel and, and sense the the emotion from from Musgrove afterwards and uh, you know I, I think it also sends a, a signal too maybe to in, in a year where they get Snell and Darvish and of course Carantini the catcher part of the Darvish deal but he was so masterful uh, in in being behind the plate for Musgrove that the, the you know the Padres aren't just this this offensive machine with a bunch of young stars who, who swing away that there's pitching depth that you know on, on this team as well and 
And I think from a sentimental standpoint, look, everybody always loves going to San Diego to watch a baseball game, even as a visiting team. And uh, for them to be the last on the list, it was interesting that the Dodgers have pitched the most no hitters, you know, that, which didn't surprise me. I thought the Yankees would be up there. I think the White Sox were, were next on the, on the list. But I, I think with, with, with Musgrove, the sensitivity of even wearing the number for Jake Peavy, the, the 44 connection to show his, his respect. And, and uh, I, it, yeah, it was, it was a really nice thing that a hometown guy did it. And so you're no, you're off the books as far as being the only team that doesn't have a no hitter. But in the bigger picture here too, I think it sends the, the right kind of signal that the, the Padres are are uh, we thought this coming into the season with the moves they've made uh, a contending team. But but the guy that didn't get the headlines like Snell and Darvish, it, it gives you the pitching depth you need in the long haul. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about Caratini because you you call quite a bit of Cubs games, so you know Caratini and Darvish better than anyone else we've talked to. And what uh, we all kind of thought Caratini was a throw-in in this deal. Like, he would catch Darvish's games, but that was it. It's looking like he's given Austin Nola a pretty good run for that starting catching job. What did the Padres actually get with Victor Caratini? Yeah, I want to get. Let's give the Padres a little credit here for for having an eye for a catcher who. And look, if, if Wilson Contreras wasn't as as good as he is, the Cubs wouldn't have let Caratini go. Uh, but handling, uh, let's just say, a finicky guy like Hugh Darvish is is one thing. But understanding the game, having the defensive skills, but the framework and calling a game, I, I think the Padres did their homework on that. And with a newer staff, we mentioned the, 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 some of the pitchers coming in. Uh, a guy who can fit in and blend in uh, to make those pitchers feel comfortable. And I think we saw that with Caratini. And I, I thought Musgrove gave him a lot of credit. Uh, first of all, I give Musgrove credit for having a sense of his number of pitches and when to ease up on his fastball through the course of, uh, of throwing this, this no-hitter. But, but having a catcher you know, who he says really understood him and was thinking not only the next batter, uh, but the next few innings ahead in terms of trying to get the outs, you know, obviously – you don't mention no hitter. You don't want to jinx anybody. No, 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 but the never. fact that, that they were, yeah, that they were both on the same page. And by the way, Musgrove, his whole learning more about, which I didn't realize how superstitious he was from the sticks and gum to the, I mean, every, every major leaguer is, is superstitious, but to what degree? Uh, and then the whole thing about drinking the water and I'm wanting to, you know, so much water, I'm wanting to go to the bathroom. I mean, this is great stuff. I mean, this is really human emotion. Uh, and, and how guys can focus and perform at their best, but 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 giving Musgrove giving Caratini some of the credit for being on the same page for guys who haven't been teammates for a very long time, and so I I, I think that's I think Caratini's a guy that has shown his worth already, and, and obviously he's, a, he's set his you know history there and being the first catcher in Major League history to catch. Uh, back-to-back no hitters with two different teams, which is kind of a kind of a cool thing. I think Jason Veritek owns the record of Ruiz for having caught the most career no hitters as a catcher. I think that number is four. But anyway, Caratini is is on his way. But uh, a real smart move in terms of assembling that pitching staff and giving him a catcher that can work with him for the Padres. So Bally Sports last night in like the seventh inning showed a shot of the Padres bullpen, and Tim Hill was warming up. And I, I tweeted out, and excuse my uh, metaphorical language here, but I said if they pull him, uh, Joe Musgrove has every right to knock Jace Tingler out. Is there ever a world where he would actually get pulled with a no-hitter? Yeah, I've seen, uh, you know, I've seen teams do that. Now, they weren't teams uh, that were, had never had a no-hitter in their history. And, and I think let's give the Puffers a little credit for being aware of that. You, you're never going to. Never going to put a guy's health at risk or wear and tear, but a day, in a day of you know six innings and let's get the guy out of there. Uh, and I'm glad that they were thinking about that. And it's obviously the most pitches Musgrove has, has ever thrown. 
But to be in that spot and to be that close and for them to be aware, uh, yeah, and, and I think he was aware uh, too that hey, I got to make, I got to. That's the hard part. I got to still get people out, be as effective as I can, but but also not stretch myself so thin that. You know, my pitch count is so high that they're going to they're going to they're be able to take me out. But as you saw afterwards, he said he wasn't coming out, and and I <laughs> and I don't blame him. I, I in fact, I looked today on I saw MLB. I think it was on Twitter, Instagram. They they went through and just put all 27 outs together in a row, and it was really fantastic to uh, uh, to watch whatever the pitch count was. All right, and we can't let you go without asking a Tatis question. Um, I'm of the camp that he probably should have gotten surgery the second the second de- dislocation happened. But they're waiting it out. They're putting him on the 10-day DL. He'll be back, hopefully, for the Dodgers series. Maybe not. Where do you come out on that? Do you think they should have been more cautious and just gone the surgical route right away with him? That's a tough question because I'm, I only read and saw what you saw medically. I'm going to trust the organization on this. I, I know they're all in for this year, but there is the long-haul approach, and and uh, I, I just, yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to go with with what they did based on the information that they had. Uh, I, you know, that that injury looks a lot more uh, disturbing and brutal than I than I think the information was. So maybe they know more information than we do. But I'm going to I'm going to say they did the right. I mean, I, I hate to second guess a medical opinion on something, and we'll only know once once time goes by. But I'm going to say that they're their intention and their motivation and the move that they did was correct based on the information they had. And you just hope he comes back and can play the rest of the season healthy, doesn't damage anything any further. Well, Chris, we appreciate it so much. Thank you for joining us here this morning. Uh, I'm glad you got to watch however much of the game you did last night because that was something pretty special. It was absolutely uh, special and uh, really happy as a baseball fan, I can tell you, everybody who I talk to today, or just people I've communicated with, that not aren't necessarily Padre fans. Uh, we're we're excited uh, for Musgrove because he was a hometown guy, and because the Padres finally got their uh, their first no hitter. All right, thank you, Chris. Have a great day. Take care. You still around? Wow, that's impressive. What do you mean? Let's get back to the Bam Slam once again. Here's Ben, Ali, and Mike. Well, we've talked to Chris Myers, gotten the national perspective. We talked to Danny Vietti, got the national baseball perspective. Now it's time to go San Diego, and who better to talk to? You all know him on Twitter, Peter and Point Loma, at Willie O'Ree Fan on the Bam Slam Pod. Peter, what's up, my brother? Ben, how you doing, my friend? What a great, brilliant morning this is. I know. I, I put out the tweet earlier today, how hungover do you think San Diego is right now? Because I know the drinks <laughs> were flowing in my house, but it's got to be all over San Diego, right? It wasn't just me. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, this, this town uh, is, you know, unfortunately because of the Chargers and variety of different things, you know, the Padres are what we have left. And, uh, but it's a huge Padres city, a huge baseball city. And, uh, yeah, I guarantee you everybody was, was dialed in. Once the word started spreading around, people started calling, people started texting each other. So I think, I think the entire city really got to, to take advantage and, and watch it last night. Were there any tears shed in your house? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, then it's, it's so funny to talk about because when you're a longtime fan, you know, sometimes you sound like you're, you know, you're a boomer and kind of get off my lawn kind of stuff. And it's not about being a better fan or, or anything than somebody that, you know, maybe just jumped on the bandwagon a few years ago. But when you're the fan of a team for a long time, and especially if that team has lost as much, you know, as the Padres have, 
you build up a lot of tension and a lot of stress and a lot of hopes, you know, and, and, and all these years of never having a no hitter, never winning the world series, you know, you get kind of an inferiority complex and you start, you know, it just, it, it, it just wears on you. And so all of that came together, uh, you know, 50 years of watching and following the Padres and then to have them have that no hitter. Yeah. You just, it just like came up from a well inside my stomach and just gushed out. I was absolutely had tears. It just was, it was such a beautiful moment for the fans. Yeah, when mud started ch- getting choked up, that got me. Cause I, I mean, yeah. I've gotten to meet Mark a couple times, and he's just he's so in love with this team, and it was pretty cool to see. And what about the fact that it was a Hassan Kim to Jerickson Profar for the final out? Like, that's going to be a oh, fun trivia question at the bar in 10 years, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You know, people are going to think, oh, it's got to be Tatis to Hosmer. But again, right. that's just one of the, the beauties of baseball. And, and really, Musgrove was in such command. The only really challenging play that ever came up was Kim's, you know, stab in the hole. Uh, he made a great play on that. So, so yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, you're going to have to know your stuff to get Kim to Profar. Yeah, wild. Uh, what about for San Diego fans? Is this on the Mount Rushmore? Is this automatically the biggest Mount Rushmore moment? You know, more than the Sproles touchdown against Indy. Maybe there's some Tony Gwynn at-bats up there. Maybe there's the Tony Gwynn Hall of Fame induction. Where do you think this one lies? I was thinking about it last night, and so I just immediately went to the top. Does it replace Garvey's home run, you know, against the Cubs in, in the fourth inning, the, the walk-off home run? And, and I'm not sure that it does. It's up there with it, but does it replace it? I don't know, but it's it, it's definitely top three of of greatest moments in in Padres history. Uh, there's there's no question about that. Uh, but is it number one? I think that that's open to debate a little bit. Yeah. And how? What do you think this does to the team? Because we saw when Tatis went down, really the energy just got sucked out, and he's so much the emotional leader. Does this put in a little bit of juice to this team? Get him going, hopefully for the Dodgers series. Ben, that is such a great point. I think we're absolutely pumped back up, and it just shows that we're not a one-man team that anybody can step on. What I love, it's gonna it's gonna raise that competition amongst the pitching staff. I mean, everybody's you know all, all those guys you know they're they're brothers, they share, they want to do all, but there's definitely competition going on amongst the starters, and it's gonna make everybody up their game. And and you know I, I've been on Paddock a little bit. I'm not a huge Paddock fan. But I'll tell you what, he's got an opportunity today to, to show everybody something. But if he shakes off one pitch from Victor <laughs> uh, after what he did last night, I'm going to come <laughs> and pull him out of the game myself. I mean, uh, he's, I know he doesn't have that many pitches to shake off to begin with, but he best not be, be, uh, be uh, uh, shaking off the scientist back there. If, uh, if Paddock throws a no-no today, Jim Russell has to get tatted. Uh, that's all I want to see. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think the chances are that big, but if it happens... Jim Russell gets tatted. Uh, Peter, thank you so much, man. I'm glad that this happened for you, for guys like Ernie Martinez, guys who have been in San Diego for so long, and the long-suffering Padres fan. I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to, uh, to express myself and just share it, share it all with all the Padres fans. So thank you very much. You got a message for Costa? <laughs> yeah, Raiders suck. <laughs> I love it, man. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.